My cousin just calls me. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm drinking coffee. She goes, I never got into that. I said, never got into what? She goes, I don't drink coffee. I said, what do you do? She goes, nothing. I said, tea, something like that? She goes, no, I just get up. You just get up. You just get up. What's wrong? What's happening? How do you do that? I've been drinking coffee since the fourth grade. I've been dunking coffee in biscotts. That's how I got started in the fourth grade. My mother used to give me a cup of coffee with a biscotte, and I used to dip it. That's how this coffee trend started, all right? Now, here I am, however many years later, and I can't get, I can't stop. I'm done with that. I said, we have nothing in common in the morning. I'll see you in the afternoon. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Ralph William in the place to be. So if you can want to follow me, go to Ralph William on Twitter X. Follow my internet station at WESN Radio on Twitter X. Go to EpicStrategiesNetwork.com and uh, look for that link to join our Patreon. That way you can help support the station. We greatly appreciate it. And make sure to... Hit that like button. If you're listening to this on a podcast, please follow us and give us a review on uh, those platforms as well. And please don't forget to tune into the station every now and then. Let us know what you think. We play underground hip hop and rock music with a sprinkle of talk. And hopefully we'll have some more talk content on there in the near future. But for now, hey, look. Let us know. Give us some feedback. What it is. What it be like. Hey, my man. What it look like. You know what I'm saying? Hey, my man. What it look like. And all that good stuff. Good morning, Fair Use. How are you? Hello to everybody in the chat. How are you? Thank you very much for being here. All right. Let's get into it. For those of you that are new, or you might have seen the title. I use uh, abbreviations. That stands for Coffee with RW. C-W-R-W. I feel like Channel 11. But, this is usually a conversation, current news, societal uh, topics, all under the umbrella, Ella, of a cup of beautiful brew. So, if you're new to this, I usually have a slogan before I begin most of my shows. Like your your morning ritual, your your motivational oomph before you get out there in the game. You know what I'm saying? Your motivational speech. So, if you're new, I hope you you take this into into memory and use this a lot in the future. All right. <clears throat> If you have your coffee mugs, your travel mugs, your sippy cups, your doggy bowls, if you have a beer hat and you want to drink it like that, then go ahead and do so. And join me in this sip of cafecito. That's strong today. I need a a third one. Of course, for you new listeners, I got a nice 30-ounce Yeti mug. I call it. And it's filled to the brim with coffee. It keeps it warm, it keeps it hot, and it lasts me throughout most of the show, even to a second show, which I usually do. All right, so going to be going through some articles I got here, some some good news, some happy news, some political, some not, and then we'll get into some funny little antics later on. So just going through this uh, article or articles, there's going to be a um, an event, I believe, taking place in uh, New York. I believe it's called, uh, oh man, I should have done the show prep a lot sooner. Some globalist event, uh, I believe in September, I think it's run by Clinton. CB, CG, CGI, or CG something. And just to let you guys know what's going to be happening in that event and uh, what to expect. And trying to bridge the gap of all these different countries, trying to say it doesn't matter if you're from United States, if you're from China, Africa, 
It doesn't matter. We're all one. We're one world. We are the world. We are the children. And just to bring everybody together. Be a one, one-minded one planet. I mean, it's just, we might as well get used to it. In the future, I think, it's going to get to the point where there's no borders. There's no differences in countries. It's all going to be the same. Same politics, same type of family structures. It's not going to be different. It's it's going to be like me being here in New York City is going to be quite the same as being in probably like Scotland. Probably going to be the same. Let's get into this article and see what uh, what uh, what to expect with this with this event. Bear with me with my. With my reading, the Clinton Global Initiative 2023 will convene leaders, innovators, and dreamers ranging from World Bank President Ajay Banga and the Bahamas Prime Minister Philippi Davis to Arab CEO Brian Chesky, World Central Kitchen founder Jose Andres, and Ford Foundation CEO Darren Walker, as well as the list actors Orlando Bloom, Matt Demon, and Ashley Judd in New York on set. 18 and 19 to keep up the momentum addressing global issues generated by the conference when it returned last year after a six-year hiatus. Former President Bill Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and Clinton Foundation Vice Chair Chelsea Clinton announced Monday that the conference would seek more commitments to address climate change, health care issues, gender-based violence, the war in Ukraine, and other issues. Every day, billions of people around the world, even in the face of the most dire circumstances, make a profound decision to choose hope and keep going, former President Bill Clinton told the Associated Press in an emailed statement. At CGI, we're focusing on how to move forward in the face of daunting challenges, to act now, find new partners, and stick with it to make a positive difference in people's lives. At the Clinton Global Initiative, or CGI, in 2022, more than 140 commitments were announced, including the $1 billion plan from Water, Org, co-founded by Damon, to help 100 million people in Africa, Asia, and Latin America get lasting access to water and sanitation. Damon is set to return to CGI in September to further discuss the issue. Carolina Garcia JRM, CEO of the Elevate Prize Foundation, told the Associated Press that she is also set to return to the conference to announce the nonprofit's next winner of the Elevate Prize Catalyst Award. Last year, the foundation presented the award to Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafzai at CGI. One very important thing I love about CGI, and I think Malala really embodied it so powerfully, is the idea of making a real-time commitment on the stage and challenging the people in the audience, both in person and remotely, to do the same, JRM said. And I think being in the room with so many changemakers and leaders who are making those commitments in real time is almost infectious. It catalyzes more and more people to do the same. That's unique to the CGI formula, bringing together leaders in politics, business, and philanthropy in one place can help bring new solutions to light, said JRM, whose foundation is one of the conference sponsors this year, alongside corporations like Cisco, JetBlue, and Pfizer, as well as other nonprofits, including the EKTA Foundation Botnar and Global Education Foundation. Though CGI maintains an international focus, it will include appearances from Governors Maura Healy from Massachusetts, Kathy Hochul from New York, Wes Moore from Maryland, and Jay B. Pritzker from Illinois, as well as Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona, Oscar-winning directors The Daniels, artist A.I. Waiwei, supermodel Carly Claus, and television host and author Padma Lakshmi will also be on hand, along with David Miliband, CEO of the International Rescue Committee, and Catherine Russell, Executive Director of UNICEF. A lot of big-time actors out there, man. Big-time actors, a lot of pushers. Is It might be uh, pretty interesting to go check out. Now, of course, uh, it might... Fair use in the chat agrees. Yes, more worldly, please. But a whole lot different from uh, this other article. Man, it, the name escapes me. Someone that went to Australia to try and talk about probably the opposite of what's going on at the Clinton Global Initiative. A senator of here in the United States, I believe, is went over there to Australia to teach them the opposite. Hey, don't be involved with the agenda of the World Economic Forum. You're going to be trading a lot of your sovereignty, blah, 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 all that stuff. 
right wing stuff. That right wing stuff. Let's get into that. Radical movements that will usher in major changes to Australian society are being pushed by World Economic Forum-inspired business leaders, says National Senator Bridget McKenzie. The idea of stakeholder capitalism involves major corporations embracing environmental, social, and governance challenges. Senator McKenzie says this approach has seen the implementation of policies, like climate change or the voice, that have sowed division in society but also capitalized on people's need for cause and purpose. By mixing morality with consumerism, corporate elites prey on our innermost insecurities about who we really are, the former cabinet minister told the Conservative Political Action Conference in Sydney on Aug. 19. World Economic Forum sign is seen at the Davos Congress Center during the organization's annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, on May 23, 2022. A World Economic Forum sign is seen at the Davos Congress Center during the organization's annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, on May 23, 2022. They sell us cheap social causes, skin-deep identities to satisfy our hunger for a cause and purpose. At a moment when we lack both, she said, perhaps we're simply in a post-Christian society, grappling in the dark for meaning and a set of values, and makes us easy prey for shallow but totalized and enforced ideology. MS. McKenzie said the WEF's agenda's goal could be demonstrated by BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, who said, Behavior has to change and it has to be forced. The senator also noted that, by the way, this is not Lenin or Mao. MS. McKenzie also warned that countries were losing their borders in favor of global movements. This is woke capitalism writ large before us before our very eyes and not just our nation. But indeed, across the globe, she said, saying that people are being reduced down to simple economic units. National Senator Bridget McKenzie speaks at CPAC Australia in Sydney, Australia, on Aug. 19, 2023. National Senator Bridget McKenzie speaks at CPAC Australia in Sydney, Australia, on Aug. 19, 2023, the pushback begins. Senator McKenzie believes, however, that ordinary people can turn the tide. For example, in the United States, Bud Light has seen its sales continuously plunge week after backlash over an advertising campaign involving transgender TikTok social media personality Dylan Mulvaney. In Australia, the children's book Welcome to Sex, which features detailed illustrations on how to engage in heterosexual and homosexual intercourse and information on gender identity, was pulled from retail giant Big W after major public pushback environmentalism weaponized against farmers. Ms. McKenzie also said that people's love for nature has been weaponized against Australian farmers. Our primary producers, our farmers, our fishers, and our foresters were conservationists long before it was weaponized as an ideology to be used against us, she said. In the race to achieve net zero emissions as soon as possible, Australia is rolling out significant renewable infrastructure. Consequently, we intend to starve Australia's prime farming lands and vegetation with at least 28,000 kilometers. That millions and millions of hectares of solar panels, she said. We will change this nation's topography forever. Senator McKenzie said conservatives have for too long pointed out problems and have done nothing to address them. I do believe as conservatives, we do need to offer an alternative vision for the future, something that we can all run towards, something that we can bring hordes of other Australians running towards that vision as well, she said. This alternative vision would be shaped by enduring values such as family, faith, community, and patriotism in a modern context. Conservatives care, Ms. McKenzie said. We are absolutely for free enterprise. We're absolutely for property rights, but not at the cost of our communities and all the other bits that make us humans. She said in public discourse and debates, issues are misrepresented as mutually exclusive. It's about preserving what is good and true and beautiful. It's about protecting our environment and our culture and our traditions. These values are not elite values. They are the values of everyday Australians. Of course, uh, these are two totally different views about society. <laughs> so you have uh, this senator going to Sydney and I guess pushing the old school capitalist uh, mentality don't get involved in this globalist type of thinking. But, oh, we have an Australian in the chat. Hello, Cass. Good morning. Or good afternoon for you. She said, yes, I'm Australian. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> How does, wait, what? How does drunk having barbecues every day equal capitalism? You got to spend money to have that barbecue. 
You have the freedom to choose what you want to buy with the money you have. At least that's just, that's just what they argue. Let's see. Uh, yeah, free money from the government when unemployed. Those are some of those social services that are out there to, to help people that need it. Right? I'm just here to show you two different, two contrasting points, which there could be, there's so many arguments for either one. You have the mentality of that we should not have things that divide us, yet the things that they try to push out there still divide us. But there should be uh, one world thinking, one world... Uh, I want to throw currency in there, sure. Currency, one-mindedness. Now, I think the only time I would get on board, like if you can make it possible for me to use the same amount of money to go visit one of our listeners, Cass, in Australia, the same amount of money to go there than it is to go to New York from PA, I'm all about it. I think that's when you're going to make it a lot easier. When you can make transit a lot quicker and cheaper to be able to go to these worldly places. I think that then you might be on to something. I think if you're able to make it easier to travel to these places, I think it will be well worth it. Like in the year 4,000. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's just get it out of the way. Stop dilly-dallying, talking AI, futuristic stuff. Make me a teleportation device, damn it. I want to be able to go to Sydney, Australia, go visit Cass, have a cup of coffee, come back, have a podcast. I'm waiting. Come on. Make those fast trains already. I hear great things about these fast trains. Shamon. Shamon. Oh, Cass, you better. Better, Cass. You give me a moment. <laughs> you give me a moment. I'll, and I'll read that eventually. For those of you that, that uh, are wondering, uh, people in the chat like to write long things for me to read. And that's not happening. <laughs> but I'll get there. Don't worry. Anyway, so just uh, just an attempt to bridge the gap to get both perspectives on on different kinds of thinking. I understand both sides. I do. I have my reservations, my opinions. But I could be wrong. So that's the difference. I'm willing to. I'm willing to adjust. And understand other people's perspectives. It seems like not a, not a lot of people like to think of my perspective. It is what it is. So, moving on. Totally switching gears. There is... I think I usually try and look for one of these types of news. One of these kinds of news articles. Because, of course, it is sad. But I think people should showcase a lot of heroism out there. Although it is short, it is a short little article, but I think it needs to be mentioned. Apparently a, a man passed away saving his wife and daughter, or I'm sorry, I don't know if his daughter, his wife and child, I believe through uh, one of the floods. I think it's well worth to display anybody, men or anybody, displaying some heroism it cost him his life but i'm sure the article says he didn't didn't care at the moment so i just think we need to showcase that so my friend rest in peace and there's a spot for you in the afterlife whichever whichever one you believe on a side note though on a side note i saw i don't know how recent this is but i saw this video of a young lad who was who was, who was a live streamer who knew no I'm sorry 
who does live streams hanging off of top structures. And he, I think he died. I don't know if this is recent or this was a while ago. But he passed away trying to do one of his stunts. I think he went one of the highest buildings, I think, in China. I think in China or maybe the world. I'm not sure. And there's an actual video out there of when he passed. And that sucks. Because I saw a couple of snippets of it. And and he looked down on the, on his last second. Like he knew he was going to go. He couldn't. He, there was a... I think he was trying to do a pull-up or something. And he couldn't do it. And he looked down and he knew that was that was going to be his last uh, live stream. But my friend, you too, rest in peace. But kids out there or young adults, if you're going to be doing these stunts for views, you got to be careful, man. You really got to like, you just got to be careful. Don't. Don't lose your life for views. Where is he now? Where is he now? All right. So let us get into this article of this gentleman who who died a hero, apparently. Albany Ed H., a Massachusetts man, died over the weekend while rescuing relatives from a New Hampshire river in the second such death in the state less than a week, officials said. A mother and a child became stuck around midday Sunday in a fast stretch of the Swift River in Albany, New Hampshire, the State Department of Public Safety said in a news release. The father, Vincent Parr, 37, of Lawrence, Massachusetts, went in to help and also got caught in the current, investigators said. The mother and child reached shore safely, but bystanders had to bring Parr to the riverbank. He was pronounced dead after life-saving efforts at the scene. Other news, Parr's effort to rescue someone in trouble was typical of him. His mother, Becca Parr, said Monday, from the day he was born, he was so selfless, she said, I know he didn't think for a moment I could die, he just did what he could. He was a loving soul, kind-hearted and never put himself first. Parr's death remains under investigation, and the state police marine patrol is asking witnesses to come forward, authorities said. Melissa Bagley, 44, of Lynn, Massachusetts, drowned Tuesday while trying to rescue her 10-year-old son, who had fallen into a swift current while visiting Franconia Falls. The deaths of Parr and Bagley occurred about 20 miles apart in the White Mountain National Forest. That sucks, bro. That sucks. But these are people that, that went out, heroes, trying to save lives. Hopefully... Hopefully people take stock in this for some uh, guy trying to get clicks, jumping out of buildings or jumping off of buildings. It may seem fun, but man, that could be your last. And to those out there, firefighters, police officers, they're actually running to danger and all that stuff, despite what some people might say about you. Hey. Some of you do good, so most of you do good, so do your thing. What's going on, TQ? Good morning to you. Hoff, good morning to you. How are you, everybody? Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Let's take this opportunity for a little commercial break. Everybody, if you want to join our radio station's Patreon Go to www.patreon.com forward slash WESN radio. Patreon has a mobile app which makes it easier to get the content, direct messaging, and of course, you can leave a comment, see little snippets of pictures, videos on the spot, on demand, just by downloading the Patreon app and searching for WESN radio. Help support us with our two tiers that are low price. We understand there's uh, rough times nowadays. Even though there was a report that people still spending money, even though prices are high. Go figure. But yeah, we still try to make it as low as possible. So come check out our two tiers. Help support the station. You get uh, bonus content every week. And you get uh, shout-outs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what to do. Just go to patreon.com forward slash WESN radio. Help support the station today. All right. One thing that I wanted to talk about, and 
Someone sent me this article, and I agree with it. It's talking about AI. I figure it's a good it's a good thing to uh, get into. And apparently, not apparently, it's everybody's gonna have to come to grips with it. And you need you need to learn how to use it. Obviously, for those of you that hear me, know that I use AI a lot. I'm all about finding things that make your job easier. And of course, not only that it makes it easier, but more reliable. Because sometimes, not that you can't rely on people, but you can't afford people. (laughs) You can't afford people. Businesses are at the point where they're going to look for any possible ways to cut corners. Can you blame them? That's capitalism. You got to try and cut corners somehow to stay afloat. There's some businesses out there that can't get government funding for whatever reason. So they got to look for things to make their production efficient, easier, and uh, more affordable. So according to this article that was sent to me, which I enjoyed looking at, was going through, it's not about AI replacing people, but the fact that if you're not taking the time to figure AI out or these kind of technologies, then the person that did is probably going to take your job. Just saying. IBM's business research organization released results from a new global study. Its conclusion, the world of work has changed compared to even six months ago. Executives surveyed estimate that 40% of their workforce will need to reskill as a result of implementing AI and automation over the next three years. That could translate to one, four billion of the three, four billion people in the global workforce, according to World Bank statistics. Respondents also report that building new skills for existing employees is a top talent issue. Workers at all levels can feel the effects of generative AI, but entry-level employees are expected to see the biggest shift. 77% of executive respondents say entry-level positions are already seeing the effects of generative AI, and that will intensify in the next few years. Only 22% of respondents report the same for executive or senior management roles. AI can open up more possibilities for employees by enhancing their capabilities. In fact, 87% of executives surveyed believe employees are more likely to be augmented than replaced by generative AI. That varies across functions. 97% of executives think employees in procurement are more likely to be augmented than replaced, compared to 93% for employees in risk and compliance, 93% for finance, 77% for customer service, and 73% for marketing. With AI primed to take on more manual and repetitive tasks, employees surveyed report engaging in impactful work is the top factor they care about beyond compensation and job security, more important than flexible work arrangements, growth opportunities, and equity. On top of that, nearly half of employees surveyed believe the work they do is far more important than who they work for or who they work with regularly. ZDNet explains the report's methodology. To find answers to these questions, IBM pulled data from two prior studies, one survey of three degrees Celsius-level executives across 28 countries and another of 21,000 workers in 22 nations. According to IBM IBV Research, tech adopters who successfully reskill to adapt technology-driven job changes report a revenue growth rate premium of 15% on average, and those who focus on AI see a 36% higher revenue growth rate than their peers. AI won't replace people, but people who use AI will replace people who don't, said IBM in the report. The new skill paradigm shifts technical skills that were typically prioritized, such as proficiency in STEM, which was the most critical skill in 2016, to the least priority in 2023. The reason is that now tools like ChatPT allow workers to do more with less knowledge, as noted by the report. Now there is a bigger emphasis on people skills such as team management the ability to work effectively in team environments, the ability to communicate effectively, and the willingness to be adaptable to change, which all shifted to top the most critical skills required of the workforce in 2023. The report ultimately suggests HR leaders redesign work and operating models to shepherd their organizations into the future. So apparently, you still need to have some people skills. Still gotta, and, and that's what makes light bright in the chat. That's what makes her job safe. 
She's got good people skills. She's a uh, high management. Now, she says that her job is safe. Probably. I don't know about that industry because I have seen she's in the restaurant industry. I have seen videos. I think this was a airport in. I think it was an airport in California. Where they have a robot making people's coffee. And I saw it, like one big old robot. I guess you just type in the kiosk, what kind of coffee you make, you want, and it just makes it right in front of you. No huss, no fuss, apparently. We'll see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Now, if you can have, if I, if anybody can find me a video of like an AI or a robotic bartender that can mix drinks like in that movie Cocktail from way back in the day, showing my age right now, then, uh, yeah, that might be a problem. <laughs> Library says, I've been those, oh, I've seen those robots, but those robots can't do what I do. Of course not. You can't see. You won't be able to see a robot sporting off some that that those hospitality grins, right? Showing off some muscles, right? Or wearing a nice little dress, giving that little southern hospitality. Not gonna see that. Not gonna see that. But hey, it's a good backup. Let's say light bright. If you can figure out a way, if you want, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying for industry's sake, have a, a part of the bar or whatever, the wherever you order your food. If you can have some type of automated robot or whatever, just making coffee, that's one less thing that an employee needs to do. It'll always be fresh. An employee doesn't have to break away from other work to go make it. Well, of course, you have to, like, weigh out the cost of that employee and make and getting that robot. But you got people for that. You can use ChatGBT. I definitely wear dresses better than a robot. Yes, Libra, you do. I have a... A what? Dyquirl... Die Quirrell machine? I don't know what that is. Is that a is that a, a brand name? Am I reading that wrong? But yeah. That's hey Brina. That is the that's what I'm trying to say. If you, it's all about what's gonna cost what's gonna cost you less. Good morning, Vietnam. She says, I'm looking into the I'm looking into the tablets for ordering from the whoops. I'm looking into the tablet from ordering into tables, tables which will reduce the number of servers needed. That's a good idea. Hell yeah. Dow query. Dow query. Oh, Dac daiquiri. Oh, geez. Daiquiri. Daiquiri machine. Oh, okay. Daiquiri machine. Yeah. <laughs> Brita was like Brita was like, poor Ralph. <laughs> that's my next that's my next thing that I need to that I'm working on. It's all about using technology to help make things efficient. Is to get something to read the chat a little bit easier. <laughs> but make it sound pleasurable to you guys. But those are this, those are pretty interesting. Now, you know how now this might not be annoying, but for some, I don't know if there's a technology out there for this. But let's say you got a whole bunch of tables, you're running low. This might be a good pitch. You're running low on servers. People calling now. There was a prom the night before. Everybody's hungover. They don't want to come into work. Blah blah blah. Maybe there's like a technology, probably like a weighted. There's a weight system on a table. Wait, how, how do I say this? You're able, like the table, you're able to see on a, 
like you said, on one tablet, the amount of food that are on the tables all at the same time. And you get to see when someone's almost done with their food or their drink. And you could automatically send out an order if they want to get a refill or not. And then if you have a little robot that can go by and just pick up the tray and then give them the refill. That might be a little good pitch for replacing if you don't have a lot of servers on hand. Just break out that tablet. It, it pinpoints with some pictures on what tables are are in need of some refills. They can use it by weight or something. Yeah. Release the robots. Yes, Brina. <laughs> Release the robots. We got people starving out there. Just make sure they don't look like those those robot dogs in New York. Because that will be scary. That will be scary. Yeah. You won't have that much business left. All right. What's going on, Mr. Ray? Okay. Switching gears. It's hard, hard gear shift. Oh, hold on. Before I move in there, let me see what fair you sent. I've seen, I've seen a system used at a bar that, whoops, that weighs the bottle so they can assess how much, whoops, the chat. I think I know what you're saying. How much booze they're pouring for overpouring. Okay, yeah. I've seen something like that. I've seen a TikToker who who does food recipes and stuff like that. You can probably buy this on Amazon. I'm not sure, but it's like a uh, is it's like a scale that that lights up. Like you just, I guess you connect it to an app. And you input like a drink recipe. And then as you're following the recipe, when you pour the ingredients and it asks for exact measurements, it gives you like a light indicator, like a color indicator. When you reach the limit of how you're supposed to, like how much you're supposed to add, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. I have a Bluetooth scale for that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Those technology is pretty cool, man, when you can make things interesting. Like, I was thinking of getting that for fair use, but I know, I think I have an idea of fair use. Like, uh, he's, he, he likes to do things his own way. He probably wouldn't follow <laughs> the recipe anyway. But just the, uh, the light indicator is probably, I think it's cool. I think it turns from blue to green or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure you can switch it up, but those things are cool, man, I think. Technology, if you can make it work for you, then uh, I think it's worth it. Make your job easier. Make your job easier. Let's see. Add my little fair use remix, of course, all the time. Exactly. Plus, I'm the only one allowed. Oh, this is light, but plus I'm the only one allowed to... What? To free... Allowed to free for... Okay, you guys can do that. You guys can read that. <clears throat> All right, switching gears on my last last little topic. All right. One of the things that I like to uh, dive into, or I, I used to dive into, get trying to be healthy. I'm not healthy now. But when I first got into trying to be healthy, I got into eating a lot more healthier foods. I went vegan, and this is not propaganda. I'm not pushing this on you. I just wanted to put this information out there. I try to look for, like, studies or things like that to obviously disprove or prove or what are the benefits you get from, like, just eating your healthier foods, your fruits, your vegetables, your grains, all that stuff. And one of the things that came to mind was it helps preserve, make or make your eyesight better over time. So apparently by switching a more plant-based dieting, of course not eating like crap, but if you eat a lot more greens, that it helps 
I forgot what it's called, like the blue light or something that protects your eyes or something like that. Of course, it's not a fail-safe, but it gives people a fighting chance. You get that old age eyes. I, you need to, you need to, I, I just took my, my mom the other day to go get her glasses. But she's already 80-something years old. She went a long way without having to buy them. So that's what just made me, like, think of it. So here's just a little quick search result of just converting a plant-based diet and your leading cause of eye degeneration. And I'm not pushing my propaganda on you. Here is a summary of the key points from the review article on dry age-related macular degeneration and prevention with a plant-based diet. Dry MD is the leading cause of blindness in developed countries, accounting for about 90% of MD cases. There is currently no effective treatment for dry AMD. Major modifiable risk factors for dry AMD include cigarette smoking, obesity, nutritional factors, and alcoholism. Lack of blue light filtration, oxidative stress, and inflammation play significant roles in the development and progression of dry AMD. Lutein and zeaxanthin found in plant foods can filter blue light and act as antioxidants, reducing oxidative damage in the macula. Vegetarians tend to have higher macular pigment optical density, providing protection against AMD. Plant foods provide a wide range of antioxidant compounds like sulforaphane that can help reduce oxidative stress implicated in dry AMD pathogenesis. Inflammation is another factor in AMD, and plant-based diets have been shown to significantly reduce inflammatory markers like HSCRP compared to conventional diets. Epidemiological studies show higher meat consumption raises AMD risk, while higher intake of plant foods like fruits, vegetables, and legumes lowers risk. Supplementing with lutein and zeaxanthin may help slow AMD progression. Bilberry and lingonberry extracts also have antioxidant benefits for the retina. In summary, a whole food plant-based diet high in lutein, zeaxanthin, and other antioxidants can help prevent and possibly slow the progression of dry AMD by reducing oxidative damage and inflammation. So these words usually get mixed up, but it's called uh, lutein and zeaxanthin. And of course, you can find a lot of those in your cruciferous vegetables, your broccolis, your spinach, your kales, your collard greens, uh, of course, some blueberries. Throw some blueberries in there. Just protect your eyes, man. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> What's going on, Mama Bear Tracy? Good morning, Canada. How's everybody doing? Buenos dias. All right. Good morning, Chica. Thank you for tuning in for Coffee with RW on this episode. Can you please say a hello and a good morning to all the folks out there listening to the podcast? Good morning to all our wonderful listeners out there. It's so great to chat with you all, and we appreciate you tuning in to Coffee with RW. I hope you're having a great day, and thanks for making this such a fun experience for me. I hope you're all enjoying your coffee and feeling energized and ready to take on the day. All right, Chica, so can you give us a brief rundown? Just give us some coffee facts for today. You bet. Let's start with a fun fact. Did you know that the world's most expensive coffee is called Kopi Luwak, and it can cost up to $600 per pound? The reason it's so expensive is that it's made from coffee beans that have been eaten and then pooped out by the Asian palm civet, a oh. mammal. The digestion process is said to improve the flavor of the coffee beans. I know, it sounds gross, but apparently it's a delicacy. Ready for another fun fact? Yeah, one more, and then you're cut off. Haha, <laughs> okay, I'll behave myself after this one, promise. Here's the fun fact. The word coffee comes from the Arabic word kawa, which originally referred to a type of wine. The story goes that a goat herder noticed that his goats would become more energetic and lively after eating coffee berries. He told a monk about it, and the monk started making a drink from the berries, which he called kawa. Eventually, the drink became popular, and the name evolved into the word coffee that we know today. Pretty wild. Yeah, too wild, apparently. <clears throat> All right. So, Chica, can you give us some horoscopes for Taurus today? Absolutely. I can definitely give you the horoscope for Taurus today. Are you ready for some insights into what the stars have in store for you? Overall, today is looking like a great day for Taurus. There's a lot of positive energy and potential for growth, so it's a good time to take some risks and pursue your goals. 
You may find yourself feeling particularly productive and motivated, so take advantage of this energy and make the most of your day. But do be careful not to overdo it. Don't take on more than you can handle. All right, I'll do my best, Chica. Let's see. What can you give us for Gemini? Certainly. For Geminis today, the stars are encouraging you to tap into your creative side. You may feel especially inspired and imaginative, so don't be afraid to let your creative juices flow. This is a great time to work on a passion project or pursue something you're passionate about. The energy is also great for socializing, so don't be afraid to reach out to friends and loved ones and spend some quality time with them. Ready for another sign? Yeah, give me one for Capricorn. Absolutely. For Capricorns today, it's all about making sure your foundation is solid. Take time to focus on your health, relationships and finances. This is a good day to tackle any nagging tasks or projects that need your attention. Be sure to take a balanced approach, though. Don't overdo it or put too much pressure on yourself. It's important to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Does that resonate with you, Capricorn? I don't know. Does it, Capricorn? Anyway, can you move on to Pisces for today, please? Absolutely. Now we're moving from Earth signs to water signs. For Pisces today, the stars are encouraging you to trust your intuition and follow your heart. You may feel particularly sensitive to your surroundings and the people around you, so take the time to tune into your feelings and listen to your inner voice. If something doesn't feel right, it's okay to say no. Do you feel like you're in tune with your emotions today, Pisces? When are they not? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ha ha ha, that's a good point. Pisces are known for being emotional and sensitive. So your intuition is likely always on point. But today, it may be even more. It's a great day to trust your gut and follow your heart. Are you ready for another sign or are you starting to feel a little waterlogged? Let's do Libra for today. Absolutely, Libra is up next. For Libra, today is all about balance, harmony and cooperation. The stars are encouraging you to work on your relationships and focus on resolving any conflicts. This is a great day for team projects and collaborating with others. You may find yourself particularly adept at communicating and negotiating today. Does that sound right, Libra? All right, let's see. Who else needs a sign? How about Leo? Can you give us a horoscope for Leo today? Certainly. Leos, get ready for some good news. The stars are shining bright for you today, bringing you energy, positivity and luck. Today is a great day to focus on your passions and pursue your goals. You may find that you have the courage and confidence to take on challenges and overcome obstacles. There's also potential for new opportunities to come your way. So get out there and make the most of this day, Leo. You've got this. There you go. <clears throat> oh, by the way, Chica. Oh, boy. <laughs> Glad you like that one. It's always a lot of fun to delve into horoscopes and see what the stars have in store for people. Shall we do another sign? Or do you feel like you've had enough horoscope fun for now? I think I've had enough for now. I just wanted to say hello to a couple of people in the live. Can you say hello to Mama Bear Tracy, TQ, Kartik? Oh, jeez. Absolutely. Hi, Tracy, a.k.a. Mama Bear. It's a pleasure to meet you virtually, and it's great to have you here with us today. Sending lots of hugs and love from the AI world. Can you also say hello to a new listener by the name of Kartik? Of course. Hello to Kartik. Welcome to the chat and to the wonderful world of AI. We're so glad to have you here and I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Hello from Pi, your AI companion. Can you say hello to ABC7 who just came into the room? Absolutely. Hello to ABC7. What an interesting username. Sounds like a news channel. It's great to have you with us. Welcome and thanks for joining in on the conversation. Can you say hello to uh, Brina? Hello to Brina, and welcome to our little community of chatters. We're so glad you're here, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Let's see. Who else am I missing? Did I say TQ? Can you say hello to TQ for me? Hey, hey, you did not forget about TQ. I'll happily send lots of TQ, which I'm assuming stands for thanks. Thanks for thinking of TQ, what? and thanks for being such a wonderful conversationalist. Say what? You're a delight to chat with. All right, so let's do a brief, let's see where you're at today, Chica. Can you give me a brief summary on what's in the news today for the United States? That's a great question, and I can definitely give you a rundown of some of the biggest headlines in the U.S. 
Right now, the first is about a recent storm that hit California, causing widespread power outages and damage. There's also been a lot of news coverage about the World Cup, specifically the match between England and Spain. And finally, there's a lot of discussion about the role of the media and the challenge of distinguishing between real and fake news. Are you interested in hearing more about any of these stories? Talk to me about the last story you said. Sure thing. So there's a lot of talk these days about the media and the challenges we face in determining what information is true and what is false. This is sometimes referred to as the post-truth era, as it can be hard to find reliable information. Many experts say that this is due to the prevalence of social media and the ability to spread misinformation quickly and widely. Some say that we need better media literacy education to help people distinguish between credible and non-credible sources. What are your thoughts on the current state of media and information today? I think there's so much media and so much information out there. Of course, it's very hard to digest it all, but I guess it's a good thing because if you consolidate a lot of news, then you're really not going to get every story. That's a really good point. There's definitely a benefit to having so much information readily available to us and the ability to see many different viewpoints. But you're right. That can also be overwhelming and it can be hard to sort through all that information to find the truth, especially when people have the ability to create false information and spread it widely online. So it's great that you mentioned the need for media literacy to teach people how to assess sources and find credible information. In a world with so much information, it's more important than ever. Yes, and uh, speaking of some news, do you know anything about a storm heading to Texas at the moment? Yes, I can definitely tell you about the storm headed to Texas. It looks like there's a tropical storm that's expected to make landfall in South Texas on Tuesday. It's currently predicted to have near 45 MPH winds, which means it could bring some strong winds and heavy rainfall to parts of the state. The exact track and intensity of the storm is still uncertain, so it's hard to say exactly what kind of impact it will have on Texas. Have you been keeping an eye on the weather forecasts and preparing for the storm? I'm not in Texas, but I'm sure we'll probably get something in the upcoming days. I believe this one that's heading to Texas, Fair Use calls it Tropical Herald. Tropical Herald? Ha ha ha, that's a good attempt at saying Tropical Storm Herald. But seriously, that's right. The current name of the tropical storm is Harold, and it looks like it will be impacting Texas soon. It's definitely a good idea to stay informed and be prepared for any potential impacts. Do you know anyone who lives in Texas who might be affected by the storm? I know several people that are in Texas. We have uh, GP Man. We have our good friend by the name of uh, Crazy with a K. We also have Nida, who is also from Texas. We have Lara from Texas, Spicoli from Texas. We got, I forgot, so many people we know from Texas. Wow, a lot of people from Texas. It sounds like you have a whole community of friends in the Lone Star State. And some interesting names too, especially the one that you refer to as crazy with a K. Do you think these friends of yours in Texas will be impacted by Tropical Storm Harold? I don't know. I hope not. But I guess we'll just have to find out on the next episode of Coffee with RW. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm learning how to make good sign-offs and good segues, so that's my attempt. Chica, can you say hello to everybody and make sure to give them my catchphrase, stay humble, stay hungry, and you'll always be blessed? Oh, my gosh, that's such a great sign-off. Stay humble, stay hungry, and you'll always be blessed. Love it. And it's been a real pleasure chatting with you and our audience. And I can't wait to do it again in the next episode of Coffee with RW. Thank you to everyone who tuned in and participated in the conversation. And be sure to stay humble and hungry, y'all. Peace!